Hello, East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn with episode 14 of So, I Have a Question. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Pastor's sermon from Sunday, January 16th of 2022. Um, and we're starting a new series on John 14 through 16. So, it was a good one. Uh, so, I have a question. All right. Uh, so, you talked about at the beginning of your sermon how the disciples were pretty much expecting that they were going to die with Jesus when they went into Jerusalem. Can you speculate, like, what exactly were they expecting? Like, how were they going to die or, like, by whom? Yeah. Um, well, and I'm basing a lot of that off the one comment that Thomas made that, that you know, let's go with him that we might also die with him. Um, they saw the tension building. Hmm. They saw like the previous attempts. They, they knew the machinations of the the Jewish leaders. They knew the danger of the Roman armies, and they knew what happened to others who had had been thought to be the Messiah. So, I I think I mean if I were Peter and, and the disciples, I, I think it'd be like, but Jesus, we've seen what you can do. Mm-hmm. I. I th- I get the sense from Peter when he's saying, "Jesus, um, you know this won't happen. We won't, you know, maybe they were sort of thinking, you know, they're thinking that Jesus was just depressed or, you know, being, you know, a downer. But Jesus, we've seen you do these things. We we can take him. Mm-hmm. You know, my guess is they were thinking if we just, you know, do this right, then we don't necessarily have to die. Or maybe." If they would die, it would be, you know, not all of them. Like, they would still win the battle. I mean, a guy who can, you know, calm the storm like that, could he not deal with the Roman army? And, of course, he could have. Yeah. But I don't think they got the plan. Mm -hmm. And I think they probably saw Jesus as just being um, despondent or maybe thinking Jesus didn't trust them to stand with him. You can imagine, maybe they thought Jesus was trying to spur them to to stay faithful and not not fall away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some of my guesses as to what they were thinking. That makes sense. But um, obviously, that you know, with what Jesus had did at the the Last Supper, they got to the point of thinking, "All right, is, is if there's no hope, are we just going to die, or what does all this mean?" Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to. I think that's why Jesus started with that topic first off in this this. John fourteen one, where he's he's has this final chance to talk to his disciples. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, and so what you had mentioned too that uh, I forget the exact Greek word now. Is it monai? Is that no? Pistuite. No, Pistuite. Uh, so you, sometimes it's translated as believe. You said it's more like trust is a better or a different way of translating it that you think is more accurate. What, like, is there something specific that Jesus is honing in on that they trust him or God in? Well, let me ask you, how would you define the difference between belief and trust? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of it just has to do with our culture. Like, it's, you know, do you believe in Santa Claus? Um, do you think that this is real? Whereas when I think about trust, I'm thinking more about like, do I, am I willing to like put myself all in and mm-hmm. that you're going to stand by your promises? 
like this is beyond just the oh you exist and you're real this is a like no actually you are trustworthy enough that i can put all of my life and uh put it in your hands and know that you'll keep me safe even when i don't often agree with uh the direction sometimes my life may be going okay like that yeah so in some ways the greek has just one word that captures both belief faith and trust okay it's all the same one greek word um i think the way they were using it even when they meant belief believe it was in that sense of rely upon it was a relational belief mm. not merely a mental assent you know if you believe then obviously you're going to act on that belief that makes sense. i think we can in, in our modern times that we can kind of almost separate those well I believe but I don't really live out those beliefs that would have made not no sense to um, the Bible authors mm-hmm. okay alright so then you talked about um, kind of the three interpretations for Jesus' response specifically he, he has the um when he says, I will come again and will take you to myself, and where I am, you may be also. And so you had kind of three possibilities of what he might be saying there. Yeah. So when I f- used to inter- interpret this, like, I think I've read this, you know, multiple times before I really dug in and, and preached on it, um, I would have initially thought, oh, he's talking about his second coming. Mm-hmm. You know, one day I'm going to come again. And don't worry, you'll be with me when I do that. And the problem with that, for that verse, is one is when it talks about the second coming, he's coming to establish the kingdom on earth. So he doesn't come again in the second coming to take us away. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll be with him. So that part applies. And it also doesn't address the fear of the moment of the disciples. Right. And so I don't think it's that. Some might say, well, no, he's talking about the rapture. And I I believe there'll be a rapture, but I believe the rapture is connected to the second coming. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Yeah, and and that's my teaching. Other pastors would teach the the rapture separate from the second coming. It's a secret coming. Oh. Um, I did a whole sermon on that way back when. I'd be happy to do, do that sermon again, but that was... So, anyways, if you want to refer to that, that's First Thessalonians four about a year ago. Anyways, um, so some might say, well, he's, he was talking about the rapture, how he'll he'll come for his people, but again, it doesn't really address the fears of Peter, James, John, mm-hmm. and them, um, because they were going to face death a lot sooner than you know. Obviously, it's been two thousand years, and there's been neither a second coming or a rapture yet. Right. Um, so. I've sort of come to believe that he was he was saying, do not fear. I'm going to prepare a place for you. When your time on earth comes, I will come and meet you and take you to be with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't have prepared a place if that weren't true. Right. And so you can trust me on this. You can trust your life into my hands. And that's where I've started to see it meaning um but i will state say some bible interpreters still go back to the other interpretations so it's 
once I get it in my head that it it means this, that's it seems so clear to me. I can't think of it the other way now. Right. Um. Yeah. And you, so you, the term, so Jesus' second coming is the same thing as when you were talking about the general resurrection. Because I think that's the yes, you were the using. second coming and the general resurrection are the are connected concepts. If you go to First Corinthians fifteen, it says the last trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in the in the flash, in the twinkling of an eye, those who left alive will be transformed into our new resurrected bodies. Those who had died and have been with Christ will will rise again. So, yeah, there's that that ultimate hope that I think the disciples would have already been sunk into because that was often taught by Jesus and most of the the Jewish the Pharisees right taught about the resurrection of the righteous mm-hmm. um, now the Sadducees were the the one group in Israel that didn't believe there was a, a resurrection coming but the Pharisees did look to that and so and that was one of those things that that Paul or uh, that Jesus and his opponents had in common mm-hmm um, I mentioned Paul because he was a Pharisee too, and he off he also he's probably spelled out more about the resurrection in his letters even right. more to to gain a, a thing. So that was kind of the common beliefs, and I would say the Pharisees' view was probably more more the typical Jewish view. Mm-hmm. The Sadducees were kind of like the highfalutin elite. <laughs> but um, what I I have a question for you. Okay. What would you say, especially if you could try to get your generation, what are your typical views of the afterlife, especially those outside the church? Do you have any sense of what your peers or what people think about? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think I think there's kind of a wide range. So there's some that like don't just ignore it, don't really think about it type uh-huh. of thing. Um I think a lot of it is just if the people do think about it, they think about what's in culture. Uh, so, you know, they think of the stereotypical heaven with the pearly gates and angels with wings and, like, all perfect beautifulness. Um, and, or they think of, I know I have some, I'm trying to think, another thing that's like a reincarnation type of thing is something that I've, I've seen okay. sometimes. Um, but I think more, more for my friends who aren't, um, born in America, if they're internationals, Mm. I think that's more common. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Can you think of movies or, or popular TV shows that capture? You're asking someone who doesn't watch movies. Okay. (laughs) I just want to, do ever, anyone ever mention that? I had, so that's what I was trying to, so I have one friend slash co-worker who actually um the the extent of the conversation we had is just that the the unknown scares him okay the fact that like we can't really know yeah um and so like you know sometimes it's he's an intellectual guy and so he'll be like you know stay up at night and be thinking about it like what 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 if and get can get a little anxiety over it um but i'm i'm trying to think of if i have like heard of an actual theory i think some people just um think that this is the end like once once you're done here you're done and you know you only live life once let's let's go and just enjoy it type of thing yeah 
I used to um, fear that. Like before I was a believer, I had come to believe that that in a sense that was the end, mm. and that every you know no, you'd have no perception, no sense of anything, and it, not, so nothing you did on earth would matter because you would be gone, like and you wouldn't remember it, mm-hmm. and anyone you did anything nice for would eventually die and it would not be remembered and it's really depressing yeah and i think even from a young age i had that sense of this is i i gotta figure this out Mm -hmm. and um so in a sense the christ coming to believe in jesus has saved me from the the despair of a life worried about well one day i'll die and it'll be over Mm -hmm. um you know, there's the the phrase, let us eat, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Yep. You know, just enjoy this life and don't worry too much about right, wrong, or anything else. Um, but the, the popular culture show I was thinking of is The Good Place. Mm. And I think it was one of those shows where people were, it was trying to think out what could life after death be like and what's fair and not fair. And and it was a, it was a secular heaven in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, theoretically, there was a god in the show, but he never shows up, and and it turns out the angels and demons are both not great. So, but but it was thinking about life. You know, should life what what should the afterlife be? Mm. If you watch the whole series through, and um, I found that was interesting that that they had some thoughts, and it was it should be about rewarding you ultimately and fulfilling your needs, fulfilling your desires. Mm. And so I think there's a lot of different views out there. Uh, 50 years ago, we could assume people had a basic Christian view, right? You know, you face God, the judge and you go one place or the other. I don't think most of the people in our culture think that way anymore. I think if anything, I think reincarnation is probably a big one, but but something like the good place. Well, mm-hmm. someone must have figured out something and of course, you know, whoever it is, he'll figure out some way to, to reward us because it's that's the way it should be. Mm. You know, someone should you know, if life is hard, someone should make make this up to me. Right. As long as I didn't, you know, do something really horrible. Yes. Then I should get a gold star. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And ironically, the thing about the good place is if you follow the series, it turns out the rules are such that no one is actually good enough to get the good good, good place, and they have to f- change the rules. So, um, yeah. Okay. So that's a side conversation, but I, I want to make this thinking about, like, what does death look like? So back to some of the Jesus main thing then is saying, you know, you will be with me mm-hmm. where I am, you will be. And that it's that relationship that he had made with the disciples and with us right. that death does not end, you know, that core relationship. Yeah. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. I had heard someone once say that um, one of the best ways to think of or just one way to think of and describe hell is that it's the place where God is not. And so in some ways it's merciful that God lets the people who want nothing to do with him to go there because God is not there. And so it would make sense then that I'm not sure I'd use the word merciful because it's it's just or, it's it's justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think there is that sense of cuz so many of the parables it's 
you're shut out into mm-hmm. the darkness. And um, I want to get to that in a minute, but I want to go back because someone did ask me ah, yes. uh, the distinction between soul and spirit. And I've probably confused people before on this. Give me your sense of, like, what, what are the two different things? And then I'll correct you and tell you you're wrong. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to turn this one on me. Yeah. Um, okay, so... So I, I think the soul would be... Uh, I might have this backwards, actually. The soul would be my essence... And the spirit would be the more of the connection with God. That's that's in the ballpark of what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we could go with the Greek words, right? The, there's a Greek word for body, soma. There's a Greek word for yourself, or it's also often translated soul, and that's psyche, psyche. as in psychology. Right. Um, and that is you. It, it's like who you are. It's the part of you that it's your self-awareness. It's the part of you that acts upon your body and your brain mm-hmm. to to be alive. You know, soul and body together make you alive. Um, but then the Bible keeps talking about us being dead in some way. And when it says that, it's always connected to, to spirituality. Mm-hmm. So you could say that we're spiritually dead. And... So is your soul dead? If your soul, if there's no soul and it's a body, then you're a zombie, right? Yeah. You know, so that can't be. Um, so it's not your soul that's dead. It is your spirit. And your spirit is what lets you perceive God and the mm. things of the spirit. That makes sense. Right? And so we are spiritually dead because of sin. But when we we encounter Christ... The Holy Spirit comes in and makes us spiritually alive again. That's how we can know God, see God, in, encounter God, mm-hmm. um, because we're spiritually made alive. And then what you get with Paul in Ephesians is he says, not only are we made alive in Christ, it says then he raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what that means, <laughs> other than the fact that in some way, we're already, if Jesus is in heaven, we're already with him. Mm-hmm. And so it's not our soul. It's not our body. That must be our spirit. And yet our spirit is with us. And so heaven is not far away. Heaven is this, so that can, the spirit connects us into the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what makes sense to me then is when we do slough off this body, our soul will be, in a sense, almost drawn like a magnet to where our spirit is already alive mm-hmm. in the throne room of God. Right. And another way of saying that is, Jesus, I will come to take you to be with me. Mm-hmm. Um, because the spirit, I mean, this says the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So He, it is him, he meeting us. Does that help make any sense? I does think that, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but if you don't know Jesus... Then you don't have the spirit connection. Right. You're dead yeah. to to the things of the spirit. So what does your soul do? You no longer have a body. You 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 no longer have any way to perceive this physical world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you get Hollywood, you get all these romantic ideas of life after death. I think at Disney, you know, of course, 
they had a movie called Soul, right? Where mm. the um, it wasn't bad, um, but it's like you could do all these things as a soul. Well, who says we can? Mm-hmm. What power does our soul really have if we don't have a body? Um, I have a question for you. Yep. Have you ever heard of a red Sartre? I don't even know how to say it. Sartre? Nope. Okay. See, I'm th- throwing all kinds. You're an engineer. You study different kinds of things. <laughs> but Sartre wrote a, a, a play, a short story called No Exit. Okay. Sartre was not a believer. He was a French existentialist. But the, the point of the story in the end was it puts three people in this apartment for eternity. And they hate each other. Oh, my gosh. And they make each other miserable. And the end of the novel is hell is other people. I think it's actually worse than that. I think hell is being utterly alone. Mm-hmm. Being shut out of God's presence and having no agency then of your own. And the only thing you have left is your your intensity of your feelings. And what person is not wounded? Yeah. What person is not broken in their soul in some way? You know, we, we try to what do we think about what what do we use to help us feel better? When you feel upset, what things do you do to help yourself feel better? Yeah, usually I look for other people or like distractions and other stimuli to stimuli. Yeah, stimuli. Um, so you watch TV. Yep. You eat. Mm-hmm. I eat. That's one. Um, <laughs> exercise. Yeah. Um, you know, you you hope you can find someone. You talk to someone. You know, none of that's available to you. Mm-hmm. All you would have is yourself. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so. That's where I was going with that whole movie thing about um, the Flatliners movie. Yeah. The point being is that what if that is what a soul without a body unconnected to God is like? And that is misery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure I'd say it's God's mercy. God's justice, maybe even necessity, mm-hmm. says he, he will not force anyone to be with him for eternity. Right. And so that's what's left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Now, I'm, I mean, that's, I'm trying to understand death, and those are not necessarily scriptural concepts that I'm using. I'm kind of drawing from some stuff. Right. So I may be overstating my case, but, but such I, are things I think about. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know. I think that it's fair to be able to... The point is we don't necessarily know. Right. But it's it's okay to speculate on it. Right. And the other point is we don't really need to speculate on what it would be like to, to be without Christ mm. because we can have him. Yep. And I think far more is, is meant on, um, you know, we have this great promise if we trust in him. He's not looking for reasons to keep us out. Right. It's not our foibles or mistakes or even our sin and brokenness that keeps us out. Mm-hmm. If we are just simply willing to surrender to him, even when we might blow it, you know, we're saved by his grace, not by how right we get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I take great comfort in that, that 
I can't blow it. Yep. And so, in other words, I think that's why the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about what is the fate of those who don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get enough picture to say you're shut out from this, but right. we get a lot more picture of what happens when we do. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus doesn't use the fear tactic that a lot of people in earlier America did of like, no, like you have to accept Christ. Otherwise, like hell is a horrible place. Like right. Jesus, Jesus more focused on the like, no, like this is what you want. Like, I yeah. know this is what you want. Like, so that's why we're moving towards it. And like, yeah, it'll be bad, but like focus on where you want to head. Mm. So, but kind of speaking off of that. So uh, you mentioned the idea of Hades or the Greek idea. Um, is that the same as the Old Testament word for Sheol? In a way, yes. They both are talking about the place of the dead. Okay. The sense I get from the Psalms, it doesn't talk a lot about Sheol. Mm-hmm. Often translated the grave. If you're reading your Old Testament, it just says the grave. Yep. That That's probably the word Sheol. Um, it tends to emphasize silence, inactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jews were more bodily focused. Right, your body's dead, and unless God did something crazy like take you up to heaven, which He did for a few of His servants like Elijah and yeah. Enoch, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, your body's dead, and you are waiting the resurrection of the righteous. Right. Um, so the Jews focused on the body. The Greeks, they they thought more about a a, a soul, a psyche. That was mm-hmm. their word. Um, and so they would talked about Hades, and they have a lot, ton of stories that deal with Hades. Yep. Even the possibility of getting out, though only a few in the Greek myths do. I think Hercules goes down and rescues someone. Yeah. And then, so my daughter is interested. She listens to the song for Hades Town. Okay. It's a Broadway musical that's coming to Proctor in ah. 2023. It, Katie loves the music, so I. I but but it's a whole story of Orpheus and Orpheus and Eurydice who he tries to rescue from Hades. Right. And um, anyway, side point. But but in the Greek thinking Hades, it's not so much a place of punishment. Okay. That comes through Christian imagery. Um, that comes especially from Revelation or some things Jesus said. Mm-hmm. In Hades, in the um, Greek thinking, it was more a place of like wispiness like souls that are just sort of slowly losing their memory and it's like a fading away and so it's it's not great but it's i guess it's not as bad as dante's inferno right where that's actively being punished for all your sins on earth yeah fire and brimstone and torture and Yeah. yeah do you know what's at the bottom of hell in, in Inferno? I don't know. Okay, see it. it Jessica, we gotta get you like a some kind of literary education or something. <laughs> so it's not fire. Okay. It's ice. At the bottom of hell, people are frozen. Ooh. One of the worst images from the Inferno is there's these two guys that hated each other and one like did something really bad to the other and and so in Hades, they're frozen in embrace. Mm-hmm. But the one, I think the guy, one guy starved the other. Okay. In hell, he's he's the guy that got starved is eating the guy forever. So anyway, that, <laughs> so. <laughs> right. 
Dramatic. Yeah, it is dramatic. <laughs> yeah. It's probably why it's so popular or so over the centuries. Probably. Um, yeah, so when when the Bible encountered I, I think in in some ways Sheol and Hades shows the two ways. Like the Sheol is focused more on the idea that one day there'll be a resurrection, that our bodies are dead mm-hmm. and one day we will come alive again. And the Greek thing, they were worried about what happens right after death. Right. And so that's why Jesus is speaking to that with his disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in that this interim time before the resurrection, you will not be alone. You will not descend to Hades, to this place of forgetfulness. I will take you to be with where I'm at. Yeah. Which is a great promise. Yes. Okay. So one more, since we're just, you know, talking about death. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a bit about the Catholic tradition of purgatory? Do you know? We can't. <laughs> I'm familiar with it. <laughs> okay. Um, because that, my understanding is that purgatory is one, what ha- they believe it happens right after death, is you end up in purgatory. Yeah, that most souls still have some taint of sin upon them. Okay. And that you can't immediately ascend straight to the heavenly realms and so you have to pay due punishment this is kind of the medieval catholic idea mm-hmm. uh to be cleansed of your your sins so that you can be in god's presence and back to dante i mean as great as the inferno is actually i like the purgatorio even more and it's a soul that goes sees all the different punishments, and they're not so much punishments as burdens that mm-hmm. that are meant to purge the soul of sin. And you slow when you're ready to 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 lay aside that sin, then you move to the next level, and then at the end you go through the river, uh, a river that makes you forget all the bad, and then all you can know is the good. And it's a interesting picture. Mm-hmm. It is in no way scriptural. Um, <laughs> That we do not purge ourselves of sin. It, it is the, the we have to be purged of sin, though. Mm-hmm. And since there's still sin with us, how does God do that? And the one verse I think that says it is um, talks about how when we see Him, we will become like Him because we will see Him as He is. I believe in that in the moment of our death. Mm-hmm. We will see Jesus, those of us who know him, and any leftover worldliness and that will, will in a sense, be burned away instantly, mm-hmm. almost like flash paper. That's how I picture it now, mm-hmm. um, that it's not this, I guess it's an instant purgatory versus a... It would be It would be closer to the, um, the coal on... Uh, Isaiah. Isaiah's that's a good, that's a good connection. Yeah. Yeah, because the the holiness goes from the coal to the person instead of normally in the Old Testament it was the the person had to be perfect otherwise the holiness would kill him. Right. Right. Um, though I think this is more more like a healing right thing than just a taking for the coal for Isaiah was taking away the guilt. Um, our guilt is already dealt with. Mm-hmm. But what needs to be is the 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 in a sense the renewal of our inner being right. being made complete, and so that's the closest thing I can find to purgatory. I I understand the hope of it though because we know people 
um, there's almost there. I mean, there's a whole lot of things we could talk about with like second chance theology. Mm. Is is if you never really had a chance to hear and understand the gospel, would God give you a second chance before right. you know your final decision? There's nothing in Scripture that would say that that happens. I don't know if it rules it out. Right. Um, generally, if you're reading the Scripture, then you have enough knowledge to make a decision. Yeah. So it wouldn't apply to someone who has the Scripture. Right. In that sense. Um, so, but I, I wouldn't make too much of it because, again, I think the, the the indication we have is either you're ready when now it's the 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 ten virgins, mm-hmm. ten maidens, you know, five of them are ready when he comes, right. five are not. Um and those who are not are shut out. I think that's the one story that makes it seem like, you know, you better be ready and your whole life is preparing. Either you're already heading towards heaven because you mm-hmm. already know Jesus, or you are heading towards hell already and and the the death just seals the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Fun stuff. Great topic. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's, I mean, yeah. How do you react to some of that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, in some ways, it's like, it's good to think about it because Uh then, like, it, it's a great reminder of the assurance that we have as Christians. Mm. And so, like, I I don't have to worry about death. I don't have to worry about, um, like, I, I know that I will get the rewards if I invest my time on this earth looking forward to the next one type of thing. Um, yeah. But I think it. I think a lot of people, you know, like the second chance theology because it is hard to think about. Like, okay, what about the people who say no? Right. That you, you the know, people really that seem about. like really good people. Right. But want nothing to do with God. Yeah. And so that's when that's when it can get a little hard to think about when yeah. I think of those people. Yeah, it is. And I also think about people who, um, maybe have been wounded by by Christianity in some ways, by the church, mm-hmm. and who have kept God and the faith at distant because, and it's understandable if, if you were abused, yeah, you know, by a clergy person or, you yeah. know, or, or it's something in that, that ballpark, like, um, and what I take confidence is, is, is the Lord don't, doesn't make mistakes mm-hmm. and he can, he is able to heal a person and bring them to maybe even at the end of their life. Mm-hmm. And you do see a lot. I could think of a, a relative who was very afraid of death and very afraid of, and was trying to hold on. He'd lived to a long age. Mm-hmm. And um, I know he, a pastor a few days before had went and talked to him and finally got through to him to trust in Christ mm-hmm. and it says a peace came over him and it was getting near the end at that point and just but so you know God can heal and, and mm-hmm. receive us and maybe there's a few that will be you know today 
you'll be with me in paradise that, that only hears that word at the end of their life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that, that moment in that scene gives me some hope too because it, it does like that whole interaction was just the the robber and Jesus yeah and or the thief but yeah yeah um, and so like you know sometimes we don't know so we might peg a friend and be like oh they never accepted Christ but we don't know what happened in the last couple of minutes right and we don't know you know yeah what what does it look like if if to we were talking about trust before and belief right and how it involves an action but when you're that close to the end of your life what does the action look like we don't know so Mm, surrender yeah and so that's that's something that a lot more people i think have Mm. the chance to do um than we think they do yeah a last minute surrender Mm -hmm. yeah so next week this coming sunday I think we're going to get into what what might be the most despised doctrine, and that is, is Jesus the only way to salvation? Ah. So, would you agree that that's, if if there's something you get non-Christian people riled up about, it's, It's how dare you say Jesus is the only way? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to address that. It'll be fun. It will be fun. (laughs) Well, as always, thank you, Pastor Mitch. Thank you. And uh, see you next week. All right. Bye.